Yes, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you for joining today's Kalmania session. Yvonne, thank you so much for, for leading the session. I want to quickly add this and um, before we go into the word. So, Yvonne and, Ch- and Chinwe, the two ladies with um, similar voices. I think you, the both of you even go to the same church and you are not even aware. The both of you go to CCI, you know. Chinwe, you go to CCI, right? Chinwe, can you hear me? I think Chinwe goes to Celebration Church and even we go to Celebration Church. You guys should really see each other. Look for how to meet. Are you in my network tripped. Okay, Chima, you go to Celebration Church, right? CCI Abuja. Uh, your network is really bad. Anyway, so um, in the evening, by 6 p.m. Nigerian time, we're going to have another Bible study session like we had last night. And Chinwe and Yvonne, please, you, you, the, um, the both of you will be anchoring it. Yes, it seems like it's very, um, it's quite sudden, but um, um, chat, chat, you guys should chat. You'll be anchoring it, and this is the scripture you'll be focused on. This is the scripture you'll be focused on. This will be the scripture for the Bible study session today. <coughs> I'm going to post it. So, um, before we start, I st- go into the sermon for today, by God's grace. Let me quickly post the scripture. Our focus for today's Bible study session this evening. So, Chinwa and Yvonne, please um, prepare for it. Remember what we did during the discipleship um, class, the way we used to anchor sessions. You'll be anchoring this today. If one person is not available, another person can step in for them. So, just... Um, I know it's prompt, but it's impromptu, but um, I know you can handle with the both of you. So we'll be, um, this is the scripture, I've, I've shared it on the group. I'm trying to send it to Telegram. I don't know what Telegram is doing. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Okay, huh. sorry. I was trying to send it to, to the Telegram group. So this is the Bible study scripture for the day. The Bible study scripture. So the scripture for today, for this evening. So please, everyone, meditate on this scripture. Now, this is for everybody. Meditate on this scripture. We'll be studying this scripture as a family this evening by 6 p.m. We'll be studying it as a family this evening by 6 p.m. Um, try to um, find out what's the characteristics of an ambassador's an ambassador is what are the rules and the responsibilities of an ambassador of any nation at all and attribute it to this scripture because this scripture is saying that we are ambassadors for christ as though god were making his appeal through us as we as christ representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So we're going to be discussing this scripture this evening by 6 p.m. I would like to encourage you to be part of the discussion. So let the Holy Spirit meditate on the word and let the Holy Spirit speak to you through this word and get ready this evening to share what the Spirit of God ministers to you, what you've learned from that scripture and attribute it to the characteristics and the um, roles and responsibilities of an ambassador 
the way you, you know you know who an ambassador is of an ambassador of, in any nation so i would like us to study the scripture let's study it together as a family it it holds a lot it holds a lot of weight it may be a scripture with a few lines but it's a scripture with it's, that defines what we should be doing here on earth. So the, the the more we understand this word, the clearer it becomes what you should be doing. Because a lot of people think, we, we, we often forget what we should be doing. It's very easy, especially when you live a long life on earth. It's very easy for you to just get distracted, like um, even was praying against distraction. It's very, very easy. So this will help to remind us of what we should be doing. So please, um, Chinwe and Yvonne, please just is not you know what you know how to anchor the Bible study session. We've done it many times when we were doing the discipleship class, and I know the both of you have anchored. So get ready, please get ready. You'll be anchoring it, but everyone will be part will participate. So today's um, word. Before we go into today's word. Let's just pray. I'll be doing a summary of what I taught on Sunday by the grace of God. I'll be doing a summary of what I taught on Sunday. So if you were not at a physical gathering and you did not listen online, then you have an opportunity to catch a few points that were shared on Sunday. And if you were present at a physical gathering, don't run away. You may get something out of it. So just... Just hold on if you are at the physical gathering. Don't go off the call. Let's just quickly pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for being absolutely amazing. Father, we commit this part, this um, section of the Koinonia session into your hand, O Lord. Into your hands, O Lord. We ask that you speak to us through your word, Lord. We ask that you open our hearts to receive your word, Lord. We ask that you convict us to repentance. We ask for strength from you, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord, please. Spirit of God, teach us how to live as children of God. Help us, comfort us, encourage us, guide us. Father, I commit myself into your hands and I present myself as a vessel to be used by you, O Lord. Take absolute control, Lord. May every word that proceeds out of my mouth be bettered by the Spirit of God and not by flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. God help you. Okay, so we'll start, the way we started at the gathering, we'll start with Genesis 17. And this was the scripture that the Lord led me to start with. And I'm going to do the very same thing here. Genesis 17 from verse 1. I'm reading the Amplified Bible translation. The Bible states, when Abraham was... Um, was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk habitually before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence. Please take note of that. Walk habitually before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence and be blameless and complete in obedience to me. I will establish my covenant, everlasting promise between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly through your descendants. Then Abraham fell on his face in worship, and God spoke with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and as a result, you shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called, no longer shall your name be Abraham. 
exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of a multitude. For I will make you the father of many nations. Praise God. So God was striking the covenant here. He was laying down the covenant between him and Abraham here. And God gave him a condition. God gave him terms. And if you go further, you will see that circumcision was also introduced as one of the terms. But now let's concentrate on this part, the first part. God was speaking to Abraham and he was telling him what he had to do. So you see, we all have a part to play in our covenants. We all have. You have a covenant with God through the blood of Christ. That's how that's what established that covenant. There's always blood, the shedding of blood. And the blood of Christ was what introduced the covenant that we have with God. So you have your part to play, and this is your part. You will walk habitually with the Lord with integrity, knowing that you are in his presence. Presence, sorry, and be blameless and complete in obedience to him. What does not joke with obedience? Now, when I was talking on Sunday, I, I said, when the Lord gave me this word. The title of um, the gathering on Sunday. He gave it to me many, many weeks before the time for the gathering. And I was like, oh, God, you've come again. When that means another round of teaching session, you're going to guide me. And the Lord was, He tried to comfort me that um, He will help me. He's always, anytime God sends me on an assignment, He always assures me that He will help me. He will be with me, He will guide me. And as time progressed, I found out that what the Lord wanted me to focus on was consecration. What God wanted me to focus on was consecration. And that was what I um, preached on on Sunday. I preached on consecration. That the time between the anointing and the execution of the assignments, there is usually is usually a season of consecration. If you look at the lives of those who were anointed, who were called now, some of them were not physically anointed like you know the way you pour oil on someone's head, but they were anointed. That means they were empowered by God to carry out an assignment. God had empowered them to carry out an assignment. Between that time of the revelation of their calling and the execution of the assignments, there is always a waiting period. And that waiting period is your period of consecration. It's your period of consecration. And we looked at um, a few people in the Bible who were called for a particular assignment. We first looked at David. David's assignment was quite glaring. In fact, sorry, we first looked at Abraham. Let's go to um, Genesis chapter 12. Abraham, we first looked at Abraham. Genesis 12, please open your Bibles to Genesis 12. Before God started his, the journey that we talk about concerning Abraham's life, God called him out. Genesis 12 verse 1 states, the Amplified Version, Bible Version states, Now in Haran, the Lord had said to Abraham, Go away from your country. Go away. God was setting him apart. If God is going to use you effectively for an assignment, he's going to set you apart. There is always a season of consecration. And remember, the way you think that consecration will happen may not be how it will happen. 
God gets to define it, not you. Is God. We were talking last night, we were discussing, well, during the Bible study session, we we're discussing, and I was talking about um, the sovereignty of God. We need to understand that God is sovereign. He will not work with your formula. He will keep his word, but he gets to choose how it will be done. So Abraham's season of consecration started from physical separation. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, to Abraham, go away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you abundantly and make your name great, exalted, distinguished, and you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. So God went on to tell him to give him the promise. But you see, the promise was linked to consecration. And we look at the story of David. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. So from verse, verse 1, you can see that God clearly stated that, see, I've rejected so. The Lord didn't want Saul to be king anymore. So he sent Samuel to anoint a new king. And let's go to verse 12. Verse 12, remember this, this story where Jesse, David's father, presented his other sons and didn't even consider David until the end. And then the Lord rejected the other sons because that they were not the, they were not to be anointed as king. They were not God's chosen king. God's chosen king was the one that nobody considered, that was busy, he was in action, he was actively taking care of sheep. God always raises shepherds. So David was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. And from verse 12, so Jesse sent word, I'm reading the Amplified Version again, the Amplified Bible Version. So Jesse sent, sent word and brought him in. Now he had a ruddy complexion with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. The Lord said to Samuel, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and terrified him. Understand that this was where David's season of consecration started. From the minute that he was anointed, God set him apart. And let me explain to you that like, I'm reminding you of what I said a few minutes ago. You don't get to choose how you, your consecration season will play out. It shall happen. God will set you apart. David's own David's season of consecration was different from um, Abraham's own. It was very different. David went through a lot of trials. But you see, that season stripped him off everything that defined him. It removed him physically from familiar grounds into... In fact, he was on the run, living from one cave to another. He started... That is where he wrote most of his psalms. You can see the dependence of God. When you read the Psalms, you will see that David trusted God. In your season of consecration, you would depend on God. 
Sometimes he will give you only manna to depend on. Because when God gives you manna, it sustains you daily. You don't get to plan, you don't get to have a 10-year projection for your life. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead you. Now, this is for people who are anointed for a specific, sorry, specific assignment, who have yielded to the Spirit of God and agreed that this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I've, my life is not my own. God, I will obey you. This word is for you. Understand what you're going to go through. God is going to set you apart. When Jesus called Peter, there was the calling and then he was set apart. They were moving up. Peter was a family man. They were moving from one place to another. He was dependent on the teachings of Christ. The, the apostles, the disciples, they would eat together. They would spend time together. They would sleep in the same place. They would go up. They would move up and they would be moving around. doing here. <coughs> Sorry, listening to their teacher. Listening to their teacher and following whatever he tells them to do. That's your season of consecration. That's your season of consecration. You obey the Lord. What did God tell um, Abraham? Let's go back to Genesis 14. Walk habitually with me and before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence. That means I never leave you. Understand that. You must walk with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence and be blameless and complete in obedience to me. That means you are supposed to obey God. God will set you apart. Let's look at the story of Moses. Can someone open to Moses? The story of Moses. Is, that's Exodus. It has to be Exodus. Now, Exodus. I think it's from is it verse 1 or verse 2. I think it's verse, okay, it should be verse two. Ah, uh -uh. sorry, it's not verse two. <laughs> it's not verse two, let's see. Yes, verse one. Okay, let's go to verse two. So when we talked on Sunday, we're talking about the story of Moses. We also talked about the story of Moses. Moses was appointed, he was created. He was born to be a redeemer. He had an assignment on his life. It was very clear. Moses was called to be a redeemer. His life was preserved by God. That strategy came from God to preserve the life of Moses. And God raised Moses in the best place that you can ever raise any child in Egypt, in the house of Pharaoh. But you see, like I, like I was talking about, the season of consecration, God is going to strip you of everything that gives you an identity outside of him. Pharaoh, <laughs> Moses' identity came from Pharaoh. Then at the age of 40, Moses tried to do what he was called to do, but that was not the time. So what happened? He ended up killing someone and he entered, he ran into the wilderness. He ran into the wilderness. He was in that place for 40 years. Understand that that season of that 40, the 40 years was also a season of consecration for Moses. God had to set, see, 
if we understand the sovereignty of God, meaning same, you will not be negotiating with God. You will just trust Him. Because God will allow things to happen in your life for His glory. It may not make any sense to you. Stop trying to resist the matter. Your head will just go, poof. Stop it. So Moses was set apart for 40 years. In those, why do you, see, when you listen to the sermon of Stephen about Moses, he mentioned, I think it was Stephen in the New Testament, he mentioned that Moses had a very good education. Then why did Moses say, what was, why was he telling God that he had a problem with his speech? Hmm? When God sent him, why was he using that as, a, as an excuse? See, his identity that came from that home he was raised in was stripped of him. For those 40 years, God stripped him of everything that was linked to the house of Pharaoh. His identity no longer came from the house of Pharaoh. In your season of consecration, you will start to smell like Christ. Everything. <laughs> I've heard people say that sometimes the Lord will call them out of a job, out of a business. <clears throat> sometimes they'll have to change physical location. Sometimes they'll have to do this. Sometimes, sometimes uh -uh. everything that defines you will be stripped off of you. That is, defines you in connection to the world, not God. If, for instance, let's say you took pride in a particular thing. This is me. This is me. I made this with my hands. Eh? And you have been called for it, but God will strip you of that thing. That thing, the identity, it doesn't mean that he's not going to kill you. He won't destroy you. But it will be a gradual process that your true identity will come from Christ. There's one lady, I don't know her personally, but every time I hear her name, she's, her name is linked to a ministry. But this is the richest woman in Africa. Follow on show Alakija. Every time, I'm always seeing her on flyers. Ministry <laughs> flyers. I think she has a ministry, Rose of Sharon Ministry. She? I think it's Rose of Sharon. I don't know much, but do you know that her identity is not only linked to her money? If you really dig into her story, you will see that this woman is a child of God. God has to strip you in. That your main identity will come from him. If he's going to use you effectively. This, see, all of us have been called. We have been called to raise disciples. But there are some people with special assignments. Special assignments. He did it with Moses. By the time Moses went back to Egypt, he went back with the identity linked to I am. That was who God told him to. Because he was asking, so who will I tell them now? Who will I say sent me? Eh? Let's go to verse. Is it for verse um, three? Verse three from, I'm sorry, chapter three, verse 11. But Moses said, who am I to go to the king and lead your people out of Egypt? God replied, I'll be with you. And you will know that I'm the one who sent you when you worship me on this mountain after you have led my people out of Egypt. Moses answered, I will tell the people of Israel that the God, uh, that the God their ancestors worshipped has sent me to them. But what should I say if they ask me your name? God said to Moses, this is a CV version. 
I am the eternal God, should tell them that the Lord whose name is I am. See, when God was sending him back to the place he knew, he was sending him with a different identity. He was going as a prophet, a leader, a redeemer, one who represented God, one who was going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. It was no longer Moses who grew up in the house of Pharaoh. That was a different person. Sent back to the same place, but with a different identity. Let's look at the life of Apostle Paul. Let's look at his life. Apostle Paul, educated Pharisee, well-known persecutor of the church. He, he was notorious. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Please open your Bible to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read the Amplified version. Lord, should I read the Amplified? Amplified. Okay, let's do that. Acts chapter 9 from verse 1. This is a summary of what we learned on Sunday. Acts chapter 9 verse 1. Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord and relentless in his search for believers. This guy was searching. You know when a dog is hounding its prey? He was searching for believers. Can you imagine the kind of thing he was known for? He was searching for them and relentless in his search for believers, went to the high priest and he asked for letters of authority from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any men or women, they're belonging to the way, the way is Jesus, the way, believers, followers of Jesus, the Messiah, that's the, the way. Men and women alike, he, would, he could arrest them and bring them bound with chains to Jerusalem. As he traveled, he approached he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. This was the point of calling for him. One would say this was his point of, um, um, yes, this is the point where he was called. And suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, displaying the glory and majesty of Christ. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice from heaven saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting and oppressing me? And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? And he answered, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The two men who were traveling with him were terrified and stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, but though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. So he led him by the hand. So they, so they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was unable to see for three days and neither ate or drank. Understand that this was where his own seasonal consecration started from. The soul that they knew, even the Bible started calling, referring to him as Paul, his identity changed. He was no longer Saul the Pharisee. He was now Saul the Apostle of Jesus Christ. Do you see what I'm saying about your season of consecration? It will strip you. And understand that 
The process is not a one-date matter. It can last for years. But your part is obedience and reverence for God. You must fear the Lord, love, fear, trust the Lord, and obey Him. Do everything that God tells you to do. Stop arguing and negotiating with God. The Lord is doing it with me. This is my season of consecration. First, he had to call me out of things that defined me. I was identified with many things, with many people. The Lord had to remove me from there first. And then the stripping started. Strip me, strip me, strip me, Now the Sylvia you know is not the Sylvia of before. I carry a different fragrance. Why? I'm in my season of consecration. A lot of things don't make sense to me. A lot of things. I've asked God, I said, like, what's up, man? God, what's up? And but I'm still obeying. It doesn't mean I'm disobeying. It's just that it's it leaves me in awe. It leaves me in awe. It leaves me in awe. Sometimes I look at my CV. I remember when my CV had so much power over me. I remember when it had so much power. I look at my CV and I'm like, when was the last time I pushed this thing out? I'm a different person. For now, the Lord is leading, not for now, for the rest of my life, He's going to lead me. But there are certain instructions that are tied to this season that I'm in. And I know there are many of you that are going through the very same thing. Stick with God. That's my encouragement for you today. Please give me a few seconds. Let me bring my daughter. She's crying. So sorry, please. Where did I stop? Do you remember the last thing I said? <laughs> Who remembers? Please remind me. Sorry, I got distracted. Who remembers, please? Are you there? Can you guys hear me? That talked about the season of stripping. You were talking yes. about stripping, and that um, some of us might be in that space at this point in time as well. Yeah, yeah, but there was one thing I said the last thing. Oh. Anyway, let's just continue. <laughs> so, um, don't be surprised when the Lord starts to tell you to do certain things that you can't understand. Just trust Him. I know some of you are in that season. I've chatted with some of you, I've spoken with some of you. Some of you have even told me what the Lord has told them, <laughs> like what the Lord has told you, and how He has called you into a season of consecration. Please just yield to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Follow God. Don't wait to understand what he's saying because you see, God is sovereign. You can't even reason the mind of God. He has an ulti. There's a, there's a 
big agenda and you're just part of you're like a piece of puzzle in the whole box god has a plan god has a plan it's time for you to trust him those specific assignments or sorry instructions he's giving you just yield to it and when he plunges you into that season of consecration and maybe he starts to strip you of everything sometimes those things that are luxury you may not see them in that season this is not all the time this is sometimes sometimes it happens trust god be content with where he has you if he has called you to be an apostle in the marketplace and maybe he changed your field of um your career your career path is what you had defined for yourself is not where he's leading you and you see yourself maybe you are now into you're not an environmental specialist and that is not what you were seeing for yourself trust god trust god there's something he wants you to do it's something he wants to do through you trust him trust him trust him yield completely to him we spoke about a lot of people in the bible we talked about joseph joseph had a glimpse god gave him a glimpse of who he was supposed to be in future he was a young boy who started to have dreams but you see like i was asking them on sunday i said do you let's it's important that we do not i was telling them it's important that we do not study the bible and just say oh those are just vague stories no these things happen to people he was thoroughly betrayed by his own family his brothers they sold him first they wanted to kill him then they sold him and they didn't even care who bought him like their their goal was that well we'll never see this guy so what they didn't care the ones he trusted sold him remember that joseph was living a sheltered life very loved by his father this guy was bought as a slave and in those days i know that in the times when they were selling a lot of africans they used to have the slaves used to have tags i, I won't be surprised in those days too they used to tag them so this guy was bought like a dog <laughs> he was bought like a dog his whole life was defined by that that was a new identity for him slavery then he he was bought by a master potiphar and started to do well in his master's house bread the butter was now being spread on his bread his slice of bread then potiphar's wife decided to be sexually attracted to him and she just came and put some sand inside his gary like our nigerians would say <laughs> just came to spoil the whole thing for him and he was wrongly accused and thrown into prison and then the people he had favor with the is it the prison um warden or prison guard he had favor yes god gave him favor then he helped people and one of them for one was one was killed as he interpreted the dream one was killed but the other one forgot him and some of us are complaining all the people have helped have forgotten me it happened to joseph but you see all that that happened had to happen why he had to be stripped of his former identity he ruled in egypt even though he was not from egypt that wouldn't have happened if god hadn't taken him through that process he had a different identity his identity was not in fact it was it was almost like it was not linked he had to tell them see you guys should bury me in so so and so place because i still want to be i'm still one of you but this guy was away from home for a very long time 
God physically separated him. God allowed that, those things to happen. You need to understand. God allowed them to happen. He was physically separated from his family. And still he stuck with God. Please, dear believers, no matter what is going on in your life, please stick with God. Even though, even when the storms come, stick with God. Even when someone, like people are complaining that they are hurt by a church. God did not hurt you. Someone who represents God hurts you. That's not, that does not mean that you now start to be unfaithful. No, God didn't hurt you. Someone that is supposed to represent Christ hurts you. And that person has flesh like you. You make mistakes, be merciful. Forgive the person and move on or forgive them and move on. They don't get to define your life. God does. God does continue to walk in that, 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 that path that God has set for you. Walk in it and don't be distracted. I do pray, this is a summary of what we learned on Sunday, but I do pray that the Lord would minister to you. The Lord will give you strength. That during your period of consecration, you won't be running away. Yes, another illustration I shared was what the Holy Spirit gave to me a few years ago. And this is what he gave me. It was an illustration. I've shared it before with a few people. That, and this is what, what, what I saw. This was many years ago, like a few years ago, Sha. You know when you buy meat, I know in our Nigerian markets, um, a lot of butchers, people who sell meat, my dear brothers and sisters, sometimes when you see where they sell the meat, serve you. <laughs> yourself you you may not even want to buy the meat but the meat looks dirty so you 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 it, it, it may be it, it may not look really dirty but you know that like in our local markets in nigeria sometimes you see flies touching it you just see the environment and you're like oh goodness so you bring that meat to your home hmm? the first thing you do is when you buy for market you take it into your home you take it into the kitchen when the meat is on sale is displayed, everyone can see it. The public has access to it, but once you take it into your kitchen, it's yours. Then you start to clean it. Then you start to garnish it with all the seasonings and everything, put it into the pot. Then you start to cook it. This was the illustration that the Holy Spirit gave me for my life, the process that I was going to go through. He told me before it even started. He showed it to me before it started. Many times when the fire starts to get hot, you know what many believers do? They jump out. These are the same believers that are singing, Jaira, and this was, the, this was what I shared on Sunday. You are enough, but God is not enough. Then you now start to sing, refine me with the refiner's fire, that worship song. But the minute the fire gets hot, you are jumping out of the pot. Why are you running to? The process is there. Everything will work together for good. There is a reason for the fire. The fire is to refine you. At that point, when you are brought from the market, the meat is brought from the market, you can't consume it. It can kill someone. That is what happens when people just, oh, I've been called. The next thing they will just drop. Ah. No, no. Don't start. That's not when you should start seeking for a platform. Mm -mm. Let God do the work he's doing. He wants to do something in your life. Let him do it. Just trust him through the process. Don't jump out of the pot when the fire is hot. And this is what the Holy Spirit was showing me many years ago before the whole process started. 
then you'll be cooked. It's when you are cooked. You have to be properly cooked. Else, you will still be toxic to people who consume the meat. Please understand I'm, I'm, the illustration I'm using. I'm using the illustration. I'm also referring to your life when it comes to consecration. So please try to catch up. So at that point, you can't eat the meat if it's not properly cooked. So you wait for it to cook. And then it's, you cannot present it for consumption. You have to go through the refiner's fire. You have to be pruned. God, see, God is a good shepherd. Sorry, he's the gardener. My father is the gardener and the vine. Uh-huh. That's the scripture, Shay. God is the gardener. So he's going to prune you. During your period of consecration, he's going to, you are going to have a different fragrance. Meat that is bought in the market is not this, does not smell the same way meat smells when it's cooked. It's a different fragrance. Let God do what he's doing in you. Stop trying to jump out of the pots. The fire gets hot. It will be hot, but it will not consume. It will not kill you. Haven't you seen that the meat will, unless the person that is cooking doesn't know how to cook meat, then it will burn. But if someone who knows how to cook prepares meats, the meat will not burn. God knows how to cook. Let him do what he's doing. You will not be consumed by the fire. The fire is for your good and for his glory. Let him finish the work he's doing in you. So I do pray that this word um, encourages you. I pray that you trust the Lord. I pray that the Lord strengthens you to go through your season of refining, your season of consecration, your season of being set apart, that you will trust God. Like you will trust God so much that your trust will even be greater than the trust that um, Abraham had for God. It will be greater. For the <laughs> Abraham walked with God, that God promised him a child. Then when the child came, God still asked him to sacrifice the child and he was willing to obey because he had trust and he had faith in God. And Hebrews 11 clearly explains why Abraham did that. He knew that the one who gave him the child could raise him from the dead. That's a different level of faith. That's the kind of faith we should have. So when God calls you, he did it to the will that, um, to the Israelites now. He didn't take them immediately into the promised land. They had to enter a season of consecration. Many of them failed. And God did not, he didn't take them to a place of abundance. He took them to wilderness. And he now gave, he was supplying manna. So he, he daily sustenance for them. He wanted them to see him as God. So in your season of consecration, keep your eyes on God. Focus, stay focused. Like I was sharing during the Bible study session we had in the evening. You follow Jesus. That's what Jesus told Peter. When Peter was asking about John, say you, follow me. Remain focused. Stop getting distracted. Stay focused and stop comparing yourself. Ah, what about this person? Well, this thing is happening for this person. Why is it not happening for me? Stop. Just stop it. You focus on your journey with Christ and you will see how beautiful you will turn out to be at the end. I do pray that this word encourages you. I pray that you will never forget how much God loves you. You are loved by, by God. You are seen by God. He will provide for you and he will protect you. God loves you so much. Please don't forget that. And continue to make yourself available to be used by God and continue to yield to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And you will see that all things indeed will work together for good. For you who loves serves the Lord. You who are called according to his purpose. Have a blessed day, everyone. Bye-bye.
Have a blessed day, everyone. Bye.